Rodam. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Travis. The pain is gain, Alexander. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Michael. Where's the spaghetti? Hamilton. Fun fact, the spaghetti is actually in my belly because I had spaghetti today. Oh, nice. home from church. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that in the. I saw that in the notes earlier today, and actually, I thought to myself, you know, spaghetti does sound good. So I had some, uh, had some leftover pasta noodles from a few meals back, and uh, some pasta sauce, and so I decided to throw some, um, you know, th- decided to grill or tried to cook up some hamburger and some sausage and uh, throw together just a quick uh, plate of spaghetti. So yeah. Yeah, sounds it's good. in my belly. It's in Where's my belly. It, yep, in your stomach. <laughs> in my uh, belly. Anyway, how are you, man? You doing okay? I'm I'm good. Tired as always, but good. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, just exhausted. Oh man. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with me. I stay. I am constantly tired. It's the story of my life uh but yeah anyway uh we've got a pretty packed episode this week um we've got a lot of news to cover and we've got a fantastic movie to talk about plus some mailbags some mailbags to do so without further ado let's get into the news and we cue the beat all right let's cue the beat you cut me off, dude. Come on. Well, I'm sorry. There's a delay on uh, uh, listeners. I'm sure you could probably tell from the last couple of weeks we've been recording on, uh, you know, we're recording over uh, Zencaster and there's sometimes a delay. So. <laughs> so if you're not going to be rude and interrupt me again, let's cue the beady beady. Clifford's not a kaiju. Clifford's not a kaiju. Clifford's not a kaiju. Clifford's a kaiju. Clifford's not a kaiju. Clifford's not a kaiju. Um, so, uh, the first bit of news is some sad news, but it's expected news. Um, G-Fest has been canceled for another year. Uh, this announcement came over Twitter from JD himself, uh, with the situation with the pandemic and everything going on. It was just better to delay it, uh, and, and cancel it for this year and just, uh, hope that things get better before next year. Yeah. You know, that was a little bit of expected news. Now I will say that, uh, when I did see this, I think it was last night. I think it was, I think it was last night when I saw this. Um, my first thought was it's a little bit premature. It's not, it's just now January. The conference is the, the, the con, the conference, whatever is in, uh, July, I believe. Um, 
But after talking with people who have actually been to G-Fest, because I'm, I've am i still not been to G-Fest yet, guys. I know. Like, do, do I still get to keep my Godzilla card because I've not been to G-Fest yet? Um, but I was talking with a few friends about G-Fest, and they said, well, pre-orders, or not pre-orders, but reservations, early, uh, early bird reservations start around February. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so maybe pulling the trigger now to cancel it, um, uh, was, was sort of in time with when, you know, the, the, the pre-registration would have started. I just, I don't know. It just feels a little bit to me. It just feels like it just feels a little bit too premature because, you know, yeah, I wish maybe they would, re- I wish they would have waited. Yeah. But remember last year when he, when JD and them waited to literally the last minute to cancel it. Um, so yeah, they waited. They waited way too long last year. I agree. They waited much, much too long last year because everything was a little bit unknown at that point. But, you know, I just thought maybe that I thought maybe we would I was holding out hope, I should say, that we were going to have G-Fest because, you know, we've got two vaccines coming. We know a little bit more about COVID. I'm sure there could have been some kind of precautionary measures taken uh, to protect people, maybe not sell as many tickets, uh, allow for not such a crowded space. Some, I feel like something could have been done so that people could participate in G-Fest this year. Yeah, but at the same time, <clears throat> I've been to, I haven't been to G-Fest, but I've been to cons and cons are a Petri dish uh, on the best mm-hmm. of days. So it, with such a, such a, a serious pandemic going on, I completely understand why it's like, yeah. And plus, you know, the, the vaccine's not getting out as quickly as what maybe people had hoped. Um, so yeah, it's, I fully support their decision to uh, cancel it. I think that, I think that they were playing it safe by going ahead and canceling it early. Um, because like I said, last year they, they waited way too long. So it just like feels like they were uh, playing it safe this year around. Uh, so yeah, it is sad, but like again, like we said, it's expected. Yeah, yeah. And a full uh, if anyone's if anyone's interested in reading the full statement on the cancellation, you can find it at gfan g fan dot com is where you can find that statement from JD and the team at GFests. If you want to read the full statement, we won't get into it here. Yeah, yeah. There's I, I didn't want to read the whole statement. It's just you know it's canceled. That's yeah. all you really. That's the main point. Um, moving yeah. on. So uh, one of the big news items that we are going to talk about this week is the first mm. teaser trailer for Shin Ultraman has finally been released, and uh, oh boy, Kaiju Twitter went to flurry. <laughs> I know it's you know I. Uh, I'm real. That was, let's see. The teaser trailer was released on Thursday. Yes. The teaser trailer was released on Thursday. Um, there is a write up about it on our website in the news section at kaijuramamagazine.com. If you want to go check it out, there is a write up with, the, you can look at the trailer there, but, uh, probably by now, if you're paying attention to the Kaiju and Tokusatsu community, um, you already know what's going on. Um, but yeah, it was it was really it was kind of unexpected. I I think it really people weren't expecting it um, to come out this early, and we don't even have a release date for the film yet. We just know it's coming this year sometime. Yeah, so I, if they're already spring um, during spring, okay, yeah, yeah, like uh, right before 
um, Godzilla Fest uh, in November. They announced that it was going to be coming in spring of this year. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, so it's not far away. So, I mean, it, it makes sense to put out a trailer, but it's just like, yeah, this is one of those ones that we haven't gotten much information on. It's just kind of been a little hush-hush. Um, we know it's happening. We've seen a little bits and pieces here and there. But for the most part, we haven't heard much. And then all of a sudden, boom, here's the trailer. And it's like, or the teaser trailer. And it's like, whoa. Um, so what are your what are your thoughts on the trailer? Uh, I, I'm excited. Like, it's very, okay. <clears throat> it is very Shin. It reminded me a lot of Shin Godzilla, which is to be expected because it's written and directed. And uh, I think everything is, it's the same team who worked on Shin Godzilla. Uh, so it would make sense for it to look aesthetically similar. Um, we actually, which I'm really happy about, we actually got a good look at a couple of the kaiju from uh, from the movie. And, I, and I'm wondering if these are going to be the only ones or if there are going to be more. I suspect that there's going to be more because what it feels like to me is they're just sort of a, a modern retelling of the original Ultraman story is what this right. feels like. But right. we don't know, we don't know we don't know all of the plot or any of the, the minute details of the storyline just yet, but from the trailer, the teaser trailer itself, we can sort of tell uh, that it's just going to be a more modern retelling of the original 66 story, which I'm okay with. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would be extremely surprised if they did not include Bimular in some way um, in this, in the movie. I would too. And I would be actually, you know, Bimular and Bimular and Gamora or Gomorrah um, mm -hmm. are two that I would really be surprised if they did not do something with. But, uh, but as far as the trailer, so, so there's, there's been a debate. The, the trailer has sparked a debate online. Um, and I, and I even, I made my feelings on it um, clear on, on a, tw on our Twitter account, on the Kaiju Weekly Twitter account. Um, mm. the Kaiju and Ultraman are all done in CGI, much like Shin Godzilla yeah. was done almost completely in CGI. Um, right. And of course, because it's a Japanese production and not an American production, the CGI is not at the level that you might get in like the MonsterVerse movies. Um, because mm -hmm. you know, the, these, the outside of America CGI is not as uh, far along as it is here in, in Hollywood because Hollywood has the budget right. to put behind it. Um, at the same time, I don't think that the look is all that bad. I think the, the, the Kaiju look great. They look like, you know, modern versions of what they look like in the show. Um, Ultraman looks great. I like that he has the more alien look to him. He's more thin. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they uh, they showed off the the kaiju in the in the teaser trailer looked great. I mean, um, I expect that we're going to get like I said they're like I said earlier. I expect we're going to get other kaiju except for aside from Naranga and Gabora. Um, hope, but the designs of them look fantastic. I'm I'm really 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 liking um, the redesign of uh, Naranga. Um, and actually even Gabora because if you look on like in the trailer you can kind of tail on the back of Gabora, the way the barrack and I call them the Baragon spikes because uh, oh, yeah, the this was one things. of the this 
yeah, this was one of the kaiju that was um, uh, re that 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 Baragon lent its body to to recreate for the Ultraman series in 1966. But they spin sort of like a, a drill bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I noticed. So mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense for a burrowing kaiju. Yeah, yeah, it, they look really cool. Um, the thing that that the the people were arguing about on Twitter is um, a the designs whether the designs looked good because they they do they do match very closely with what they did in the original series um and some mm-hmm. people are like oh that looks a little too cartoony for such a serious film but yeah i mean that that's the design that they wanted to go with that's fine um the thing that 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 gets me and and i have nothing i, I have a lot of respect for th- for this movie for ano for shin godzilla 2 one of the things that disappoints me is how much they have relied on CGI. Um, because the traditional tokusatsu, the traditional suitmation is something that Japan does better than anybody else in the world. And no one can right. compete with them on that. Like they are the best. But yet right. they seem to be, you know, Japanese studios, I guess, because of, of cost and, you know, time and everything that they are starting to lean more towards CGI and less towards traditional suitmation. And right. that's disappointing. That is extremely disappointing. Now, is that going to ruin the film for me? Absolutely not. I will still enjoy this film, but it is something I am disappointed in. And I wish, I wish that Japanese studios would recognize that they, that, that instead of making something, a CGI movie that is subpar to big budget Hollywood, make, do traditional tokusatsu and do it better than anybody else true yeah i mean the 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 full reliance on cgi like you said it is a little bit it honestly is a little bit disappointing um i really was hoping for i I knew we were gonna get i knew we were going to get some cgi because that's just sort of the nature of these films now uh, right modern of modern of modern films but i was really hoping really really hoping of seeing some actual suit man in suit action which that doesn't mean that we might we might still get it um but maybe in the maybe in a way that we're not expecting mm, i don't know because because um just going by shin godzilla you know they they built a prop they built a suit and they built an animatronic for that and then they never used it in the film they they ended up going mm-hmm. full, full cg well so. it, there was one yeah there was one sequence in shin godzilla where um like i definitely was a little bit fooled because i thought it was a puppet honestly and someone told me that no that was that was cgi um there was one there's a scene where it's just a close-up of godzilla's head and he's roaring and and everything and it looks like a puppet and it looks like something but it's it didn't look cgi to me and um i was sort of wondering like i was really hoping that we would get like a non c like a few non-cgi moments um as part of this shin ultraman movie and it looks like they're gonna go full on cgi which is a little bit disappointing like you said we're both gonna enjoy it we're both gonna watch it and uh, hopefully we'll have a review up sometime soon after it releases. Um, 
hope, hoping that they do a uh, Japanese and American release uh, like they did with Shin Godzilla. I don't know why they wouldn't, honestly. I don't rem- and I don't remember the release date for Shin Godzilla. Honestly, I know it released in Japan and then they dubbed it for American audiences and sent it over to and they put it on and they dubbed it for American audiences maybe a couple months later or something like that. Yeah, um, um, they it yeah. was it was definitely a few months um, in between the release, the Japanese release and the American release yeah. uh, for it. So I so I can see that happening here too with Shin Ultraman, the, it being um, a few months after the the Japanese release. But yeah, I'm mm-hmm. I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm excited for this movie. I am interested in what's what's going to happen with it. I'm interested in in a different take on on a on a franchise and a story that we're already familiar with you know like ultraman um Mm -hmm. i like you know it's kind of the same thing we were talking about with the with the common rider movie that we did a couple of weeks ago Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. it was the same story as the original common rider but it was a modern retelling of it and they kind of you know they altered it to fit more of a modern aesthetic and this is the same situation here and so i i'm all for that i just like i said i just the the disappointing thing is the heavy reliance on cgi and what that and not just what that means for this movie because i i'm okay i'm okay with cgi heavy movies there's nothing wrong with a, a movie that relies heavily on cgi what's what it means what it's disappointing is what it means for japanese cinema in general that they are moving further and further away from suitmation because if you're going to use suitmation in a movie shin ultraman would be the one to do it in shin godzilla would have been the one to do it in why would you not do it in those so the fact that they're not doing it in those means they are the the kind of their prerogative in the japanese cinema kind of business is moving away from traditional suitmation and that that is disappointing yeah let's let's hope that let's hope that whatever Toho is cooking up with their next live action Godzilla film. Cause we know we're going to get one um, that they use more suitmation. I would love to see an, another modern, a, a modern Godzilla film with suit, like man in suit action. So, and one yeah. other thing I'm going to add about this trailer uh, that feels really interesting to me, this feels like another one of those uh, government conspiracy movies. Mm hmm. Um, so I'm really interested to see how they handle that. Um, we can move on now to the next bit of news. Uh, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago how Godzilla versus Kong's release date was moved up. Uh, and we were all excited because, Hey, no more delays has actually moved up. Well, guess what? It was delayed again <laughs> by a week, <laughs> by a week, not that so bad. I- <laughs> so uh, I was funny because we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but uh, right. it was funny because Warner, I think it was legendary or Warner Brothers sent out a tweet like two months until uh, Godzilla versus Kong comes out. And I retweeted with a quote saying, well, correction, two months and one week until uh, the the movie comes out. So, yeah, a little bit tongue in cheek. It, it's not honestly, it doesn't it doesn't make or break it. It's I think we're used to the delays at this point. It's weird that they would delay it a week, though. I don't know. Um, so what I've heard, and I think the Hollywood Reporter or some some news source um, uh, talked about this, that the the idea is to play it closer to Easter uh, weekend because that will be a five day weekend. Interesting. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So so your the box office could benefit from that, and in a 
COVID pandemic time period, uh, any edge they can get on the box office is is good <laughs> um and also yeah. because you know spring break will be uh happening right about then so you know you that i think they looked at the calendar and they're like eh, a week would probably we would probably earn such and such more money if we delayed it just one more week so that that mm-hmm. uh i yeah um it was just funny. It was just, I just couldn't help but laugh at it whenever the news came out. Cause I'm like, we were just all excited. We were so close. We were so close to getting it with no more delays. And then they delayed it again. <laughs> well, okay. So to be fair, as of today, I think we're now back to the two months until Godzilla versus Kong comes out. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be interesting. So, um, but yeah, along with that, we, haven't on the main podcast talked about the Godzilla versus Kong trailer. We did put out a special uh, report uh, that we did about the Godzilla versus Kong trailer where that's all we talked about. If anybody has not listened to that, go check through our feed. It's going to be a bonus episode where we talk in depth about the Godzilla versus Kong trailer. Um, I just want to touch on it briefly because we are, we are, I don't want to spoil, I don't want to have any spoilers or anything. I just want to touch on it here on the main podcast. Sure. Uh, sure. Yeah, it, it, it looks awesome <laughs> and I'm excited for oh, it. Yeah. yeah it, oh yeah. 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 I've, uh, I've watched the, I'll be honest with you. I've watched it a few more times and before we get too deep into it, Travis, I want to give a shout out to a really, uh, a good listener of ours, Kim, Kaiju Kim. Uh, mm-hmm. she did a reaction video on her YouTube channel. And I think during the, during the special report episode that we did a few days, uh, a couple episodes ago, um, talking about the trailer, uh, I had watched her reaction and it was probably the most wholesome thing I had seen on the internet mm-hmm. to that day. It was. Uh, so please yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun, and a lot of folks uh, put out some reaction videos. And I think even Legendary, even the the official Godzilla versus Kong Twitter put out uh, uh, what Adam Wingard like a compilation video of people reacting to the trailer. Like I was like, it's okay to see people's reaction. I was most enamored by seeing like the father and son watching the oh, trailer yeah. because that the kid is like, Ooh, Godzilla. I'm like, uh-huh. yeah, I mean, that's, that's sort of what it's all, that's sort of what it's all about. And so, yeah, anyway, um, I just want so to mention check out reaction Kaiju video. Kim's YouTube channel, uh, Kaiju Kim on YouTube. She, uh, her reaction mm-hmm. on there is great. And it's, it's so wholesome. You know, you get that, mm-hmm. you get that sense, you know, she's been a fan since she was a kid and getting to see, right this you know trailer finally and the the excitement of it it was just great yeah so so go check out kaiju kim on on youtube and check out her reaction to the trailer but yeah uh i don't want to talk like i said i don't want to talk too much about it because we did put out a whole thing but just want to say again how just absolutely excited i am to see this movie i don't care if it's any good i don't care if it if people come out like the next day after seeing it and say how horrible it is how terrible it is and all the problems with it i don't care i'm gonna be happy just to go and see this movie i know i know i'm already gonna love it and same with king of the monsters i know a lot of people hate on king of the monsters which i think some of the, some of the things some things are fair some things are just really atrocious and not fair um but yeah, I, I'm already 
predisposed to loving this and without even seeing it. And if we get even, if we get the same vibes that we got from the trailer, if the trailer is a good representation of what we're going to get in the movie, this movie is going to be a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to it. I'm super excited. Yep. Yep. And I am so looking forward to hearing junkie XL's, uh, score for the movie because it which reminds me which reminds me i'm really curious as to when we're going to get that first track from the score that's what i want that's that's what i want to hear i'm really interested in that because uh he's got some big shoes to fill with bear mccreary's because whether you like or dislike the movie that score for that film was fantastic just absolutely fantastic it was a great job and so he's got some big shoes to fill yeah, he's got some but, big shoes to fill with a and, a and a big and a big freaking drum to do it. Did you see the uh, Did you see the photos that they or the video they put out of the yes. custom made drum that yes. they made for this soundtrack? I'm like, oh yeah, my god, it, this this soundtrack isn't it the drum? That's the drum that he said he had ordered. He had ordered a like a 12 foot drum diameter drum, but then they told him uh, that we'd have to scale it back to nine foot. Because there's not a cow big enough in the world to give him enough leather to make the 12 foot drum. Um, yes. So they had to scale it back to nine foot. But just, yeah, I am so excited. I, I think, like I say, he has uh, Junkie XL, whatever his real name is. I, I just know him as Junkie XL. Um, I, he's got big shoes, uh, or he, he's got big shoes to fill, but I think he can do it he absolutely has the talent and the skill to do it. And so I'm excited to see and hear what he does with, with the score. So uh, really excited for that. Really excited for the movie. That's all I really want to talk about with the trailer. Um, Again, if you want to hear more in depth, us talking about, you know, all the theories, all the things, all of our feelings on it, everything like that, go check out that bonus episode because that's where we really dive into it deeply. It's our most listened to and most downloaded episode so far. So I'm thank you to everyone that downloaded that uh, special report episode. I guess we, I guess we did a good job, Travis and and rode the wave of Godzilla versus Kong. So yeah. Oh yeah. We gotta, we gotta ride that wave um for the analytics because we got bills to pay (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah speaking of godzilla versus kong we also had a funko fair that happened recently and in funko fair they also they revealed a bunch of the funkos uh that are coming out for it to tie in with uh, godzilla versus kong uh there was one big spoiler that was leaked not going to share that on here because even though the spoiler has existed and has been out there and everybody's kind of everybody kind of already knows what the spoiler is i don't want to be the one to do it to spoil it on here so we're not going to talk about that one yeah outside of that one what other funkos did you see that were announced that you were that that you might have been interested in you as a funko collector i am not a funko collector let me just throw that or, out there. Well, i'm really okay. not a fun Someone who's at least willing to pick up some Funkos because I I have spent the better half of like the last five years refusing to pick up Funkos. <laughs> um, you know, okay, so there's a set. I think in total there's around fifteen of them. There's around fifteen different poses, which feels ridiculous to me. But um, there's about I think there's like three or there's four different Kongs. There's like six or so different Godzillas. Um, I don't know if that's completely accurate. I, it just feels like there's a lot. I don't have the entire list of them in front of me, but um, there may have only been 12, but anyway, 
uh, yeah, I'm really, really liking them. Like as, as a non Funko collector, I decide I will be picking up a few. In fact, I pre-ordered the 10 inch, uh, jumbo Kong, the purple Kong, uh, grape ape is what people have been calling him online. Um, if anyone remembers grape ape, uh, out there in radio land. Um, but okay. Uh, so I ordered, I pre-ordered that one from Walmart, the, the great, uh, the purple Kong that they're called the, the city lights version. They are, yeah, they're, they're Walmart exclusives. So you had to pre-order them from Walmart. So I got the Kong. Unfortunately, the city lights version of the, of the bright blue Godzilla is sold out. So I'm hoping that, um, I can maybe they either get more in stock and I get the pre-order or I can find one in the wild. I'm not super concerned about it because I anticipate being able to maybe find it in the wild because the, my wall, my local Walmarts have a huge selection of Funko Pops, uh, in their store. So not super concerned about it. Uh, but you know, as, as soon as it comes up for, as soon as the Godzilla comes up for pre-order on the website, I probably will pre-order that one as well. Uh, I did get the, uh, FYE exclusive, the, um, the atomic breath version, Godzilla, the, the glow in the dark version where his eyes, his eyes, his breath and the, um, the dorsal spines, they glow in the dark. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And I think that's, that'll probably what does it for me. Like I'm, like I said, I'm not a huge Funko guy, so I know others, uh, will get probably multiples out of the, out of the set, um, just to have some variation, but I'm good. I, as if, if I can get my hands on the, on the city lights version of Godzilla, the jumbo version, I'm, and I'm going to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I have spent the better half of the last five years not collecting Funkos and like refusing to collect, to collect Funkos. I've never been a huge fan of them. Um, I pre-ordered well, they're the, the new Beanie Babies. Yeah, but I pre-ordered the uh, the Grape Ape, um, the Purple Kong, uh, and it, because it just looked way too awesome not to pre-order. And I really want that that Godzilla one. So if it becomes available and I find it, I'm going to get it because I want it. Uh, so yeah, so it's like, uh, I'm not a Funko person. Don't like collecting Funkos. I'm not a collectible person, period. But I got, I, I, I got to get those two because those things are just so gorgeous. So, so gorgeous. So that... Um, so that brings your impractical purchases up to two now? Up to, well, right? yeah, up to two right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I do want to mention too, there was like one of the very, one of the variants of Kong does look pretty, pretty cool. I actually may, now that I'm thinking about it, I may actually grab that one too, to go along with the atomic breath version. Godzilla is the Funko pop Kong with the ax. Yeah. The one because with the axe that feels like it makes sense to me. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense to me. Uh, to get that one to go along with the atomic breath effect Godzilla. Uh, so that's where I will probably draw the line after I get those. Yeah. The rest of it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, so, I mean, they look awesome. They, there's some actual real life photos of them online. Now uh, mm -hmm. you can look at the paint applications and things and they look really, really good. So um, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that they look so good, honestly, because you just never know. Sometimes you just never know what you're going to get with a Funko pop. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, so we're running out of time for the news segment. We need to we need to shotgun these last few. So let's let's, move. let's, let's all right, let's, let's move it along. Come on. All right. 
All right, so the next bit of news, Paramount's animated monster movie, Rumble, which is uh, giant monsters who are wrestlers in a world where they, they're basically wrestlers, um, has been delayed to 2022. I'm surprised this has been delayed and isn't coming out to some kind of streaming service or you know going straight to on demand. Uh, that's very weird to me, but hey, I guess they think they can make some money from it in theaters. Um so yeah anyway uh so that's been delayed next bit of news the 4k release for godzilla 2014 has been announced sort of uh, according to geek lab um we haven't got an official announcement yet for it but uh, according to geek lab um in march we are supposed to get a 4k release of 2014 godzilla uh there's no pre-order date as of yet there's nothing like i said it hasn't even been officially announced um but it it's exciting that godzilla 2014 is finally getting 4k release yep and there is regular there's regular there's regular 4k artwork and the stillbook artwork there for people who want to look it up uh i think there's already a still uh best buy exclusive uh there's pictures of the best buy exclusive stillbook out there right now so i know i'll be picking it up and like we talked about before the pat before we started the podcast as long as it's at least brighter i'll be happy. yeah 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 um so next bit of news uh that we're going to just shotgun through because my goodness there's so much news to cover uh a sequel to cloverfield is in development finally an actual direct sequel to cloverfield i should say because there have been other movies in the cloverfield kind of anthology franchise um the new film will reportedly not be found footage style and joe barton who is Ooh. one of the writers uh, uh joe barton who's one of the writers on the new Batman movie um, is said to be writing the script for this one. So uh, that's exciting. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It is exciting. I'm, I'm actually, I'm very excited that it's not going to be found footage. Like I, yeah, that was, that was one of my biggest complaints when we reviewed uh, Cloverfield because I just don't like found footage films. And so I'm hoping that this, I, I if it's not found footage, I'm already assuming I'm going to like it more than the original Cloverfield. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan. I mean, anybody can go back and listen to the our episode of Cloverfield, our review. I'm not the biggest Cloverfield fan. Um, I, I, you know, I appreciate what it was doing, but I just it never it never clicked with me. Um, that that being said, I'm still excited to see what what comes out of this um, original giant monster stuff is interesting to me. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll still be excited for this, and I'll I will definitely go see yeah. it when it comes out. And then the last bit of news that we're going to cover this week is a new Skull Island anime series is set uh, set within the MonsterVerse has been announced by Netflix. Um, the uh, the one sentence um, synopsis that they gave us on Twitter is a shipwrecked crew, an island of monsters, and one king to rule them all. Skull, Skull Island is a new anime series set in Legendary's MonsterVerse from Powerhouse Animation Studios. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, just looking at the news that we got, we got, of course, we had Godzilla vs. Kong uh, trailer, and then we had... Uh, news about this this uh skull island anime we've got cloverfield we've got ultraman news like this is probably the biggest week of kaiju that we've had in a long time it is and we are getting flooded with brand new stuff and I'm, honestly i'm looking forward to seeing what what this new skull island anime looks like we'll we'll cover it uh there's no doubt about that 
Um, <clears throat> yeah, we'll cover it. Oh, and, absolutely. you know, we had over the last, what, two weeks, it's been nonstop giant monster tokusatsu kaiju news. Like, so we're, you know, 2021 is off to a really mm-hmm. good start as far as the fandom and the, as far as our, as far as this genre and the fandom goes. So I'm super, super excited. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just looking at what Netflix has planned for this year, uh, Netflix has the mm-hmm. Skull Island anime. They have the um, right. Godzilla Singular Point, and they have yep. a Pacific Rim anime. So it's like just those one, two, three punch of just kaiju content coming from from Netflix alone is is crazy so yeah we are really in a we're in a great time period when it comes to monster uh we are media we are and i know we're gonna wrap i know we're wrapping up the news but i just want to throw out there that uh if you we uh we will start covering more like newsy items on our website too so i there's already a write-up of the about the shin ultraman uh, put the Shin Ultraman teaser trailer up on kaijuramenmagazine.com. So we're going to try to post more newsy items there uh, for stuff that we can't necessarily get to or doesn't necessarily make the cut in the magazine. And I just want to throw that out there because I know we're, we're a very news focused podcast. It's sort of, it's sort of our thing at this point. So uh, it would make sense for us to cover some news items on the website, on the Kaiju Ramen website. So please, if you want if you're interested in news, um, go to kaijuramamagazine.com and you'll, and there is a news section there now. So we'll, anything that we find interesting or of any, anything notable or we will post it there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also just last bit of news I want to throw out there that, um, we had, uh, paused our Patreon, um, page because, uh, we were having trouble we were having trouble keeping up with it and we didn't have a whole lot of supporters and with, you know, financial situations with everybody, we kind of paused it for a few months just to give everybody a break and, uh, and everything. Well, we are going to be restarting our Patreon, um, starting this week, uh, in February. And we have a very special, uh, bonus podcast, uh, spinoff podcast that we are going to be putting out on Patreon exclusive. The first episode will be on the main feed, uh, just so everybody can get a taste of it. And then the rest of the episodes will be on Patreon only. And it is called Godzilla versus the clickbait monster. And we basically talk about clickbait articles like from Screen Rant and we got this covered and we wait and see how long it takes for Michael to uh, lose his will to live. <laughs> that, that, that is literally what that is literally what the concept behind this new uh, this new spinoff show is. It's it's literally Travis finding the most asinine articles from around the web about Kaiju and Tokusatsu and waiting for me to self-destruct pretty much uh it's it should be retitled how many websites can put gamera in the godzilla franchise uh, <laughs> because <laughs> needs to do that. we should make a little jingle uh, where is gamera going to show up today 
Yep. <laughs> that sounds good. We'll do that. Uh, so if anybody's interested in listening to that, you can listen to the first episode. The first episode will be coming out next week on the main feed. And then if you like it and you want to listen to more, go uh, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Kaiju Weekly Pod. Uh, any amount that you give will uh, unlock that. There's no tiers. I'm not going to do tiers. It's just whatever you feel like giving, uh, even if it's just enough to cover a cup of coffee. To to cover what we say on the, when we were recording, to cover uh, Michael's uh, drinking habit. <laughs> yes, if, you, if it'll cover if it'll cover a shot of say tequila or whiskey for me, then thank you because I will yeah. most likely need it. Buy me a beer. That, that's what I like buy me a beer. Buy yeah, me buy a me a beer. And if and hopefully if we do, if we get enough Patreon supporters, I can buy multiple beers and I can just start doing those episodes drunk. Who knows? Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. <laughs> drunk Michael talking about how stupid Screen Rant is and why Gamera is not part of the Godzilla franchise. Uh- <laughs> well, I already let me let me just not to give not to give away too much, but I already did get a little bit too rowdy uh, during one of those bonus during one of those episodes. So I don't know if I want to be drinking during that segment or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, that's just a bit of news for the podcast to finish off our news segment. So mm-hmm. now we can get into our main topic for this All week. All right. Yeah. And to introduce our main topic, we always ask a trivia question at the end of each episode. And last week's trivia question uh, was, what was the first Tohu, Tohu, I keep saying Tohu, Toho produced... <laughs> Kaiju movie filmed in color. What was the first Toho produced Kaiju movie filmed in color? Um, And we got a bunch of answers. So we'll go through the answers real quick. Um, The first answer I want to read out is from my best friend in the whole wide world, Kershaw, who said, hmm, I think it's Monsters, Inc. Now in Technicolor. And... Posting in on on giant monster BS's territory, uh, oh. he, he's he's stealing their joke from them. So so well, it's they maybe. only had yeah they only had so many good jokes left. So I mean, after the monsters yeah. Inc., after monsters Inc., like what do they have left? I, I I think they're pretty much obsolete at this point now. Yeah, they they have Star Horse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cutting that out. I'm cutting that out. <laughs> I'm like uh, a little you, roar in there, just like, like okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh boy, okay. So yeah, um, but I just love that that Kershaw is moseying in on Giant Monster BS's territory, and so Giant Monster BS, they better watch out. The guys over there, they better watch out. People gonna come. It's Mister Steal your joke. It's Mr. Celia joke. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Jimmy from NASA sent in somewhere over Barugon's back, which was also the title of Death Rainbow's first album. <laughs> uh, I thought that was that was that was cute. That was a thank cute you, one. Thank that you, was James. a good one, Jimmy. Uh, Nathan from the Monster Island Film Vault said Godzilla and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, which is not the first Toho produced kaiju film in color but is the first toho produced theater play produced in color wait that's a real thing (laughs) oh wait no okay sorry no that's not a real thing okay sorry imagine imagine okay so 
so stage stage plays before this were all in black and white, and then this one was just like, oh, God, <laughs> uh, you've got a headache, so I'm just teasing you. Uh, Kaiju Kim said, Turu the Terrible, which is a nice reference to Johnny Quest. Good job, Ooh, Kim. I love and it, Good job. It makes my Hanna-Barbera loving heart smile because I am, along with loving Godzilla, I am a huge Hanna-Barbera fan. Like, people know me. Oh, I, I loved Hanna-Barbera Hanna -Barbera. cartoons growing up. Oh, I did too. Loved yes. Hanna-Barbera. Yeah, so, that reference, uh, that reference hits me right in the feels, Kaiju Kim. <laughs> um, and then uh, Chris Deggle said, I forgot. Maybe I'll remember when you show me a hatching egg or something. Heh, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Uh, I want to read this next one. Can I read this next one? Okay, yeah, you can. Okay, okay, okay. Because I feel like I'm going to do it justice. Alex okay. Sperling, who has been a faithful listener of ours, uh, his answer was Rodam. Playing off of what? <laughs> playing off of what our friends at uh, Monsters vs. <laughs> Men, uh, our friend Alex and Eric at Monsters vs. Men uh, say when they're excited about something. So thank you, Alex Sperling, for saying Rodam. I remember the first time they said that on Monsters vs. Men. Uh, and I think it was Eric who said it first. And it was so out of nowhere that it was just like, what? Oh. <laughs> yeah, they were like, they didn't put that much emphasis behind it. It was like, Rodam. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's Eric. And so it's just like it's such a uh, sedated way of saying it. But it was so great. <laughs> sedated. <laughs> well, I, I under uh, understand uh, anyway, uh, Raymond Martin uh, sent us in Brodan, the epic adventure of a college frat boy who, after being transformed into a kaiju-sized menace, destroys several Japanese cities as he stumbles around in a drunken stupor, trying to hook up with a hot photographic journalist. Uh, Raymond Martin really likes to use every bit of the 280 character limit on Twitter. <laughs> I think it's his lawyery background, maybe. His attorney yeah, background yeah. makes him a little bit too wordy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Crystal Lady Jessica said, Mothra, lightning and lasers. Oh, that's a new one. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. I think she just means um, uh, Godzilla versus Mothra from 1992, because that's basically what that is. AKA <laughs> the worst Godzilla movie in the Heisei era. No, wrong, 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 wrong. Godzilla versus King Ghidorah is space and time better than spaces and time. That sounds terrible. I don't even know where I was going with that. King Ghidorah, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah is just better than Godzilla 1992. Jojira says, uh, happy little kaijus by Bob Ross. The colors we'll be using will be listed below using a green screen canvas. The colors are space titanium white charcoal gray Red King, Go Green Man, and Balton Blue. And we're just going to put a, a bunch of happy little kaijus there. Just a happy little kaiju right there in the corner. Just, just a happy, just some happy little kaiju. Just, just painting some happy kaiju. Here's a happy Kong shoving a, a happy little tree down Godzilla's happy little throat. You know, just, 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 just happy trees, happy trees, happy Godzilla and happy trees. <laughs> oh man 
So anyway, Nick Blackler sent us Snow Goji and the Seven Manilas, uh, which and he sent a picture along with that. I was going to say, wasn't there a meme attached to this, too, that was absolutely brilliant? It was brilliant and horrifying. Um, Thank you for the nightmares, Nick. (laughs) Thank you, Nick. And then uh, and then we're getting to the actual the actual answers. <laughs> um, so Kaiju Knight 42 said, I want to say Rodan from 1956, but that is probably just the earliest one I have seen. And Kaiju Knight, if you are listening, you are correct. Uh, right. Goji fan 33 O'Reilly Carol on the uh, um, Kaiju Groupie Facebook, Facebook group. group. Yep. Uh, I, I went blank there for a second. Uh, and then uh, Damon, Damon Halad, H-Lad, Halad. Hald. Hald. I don't know. Hald. Sorry, Damon. Sorry, Damon. Keon Pondon, Pondon uh, and Jacob Thomas all said Rodan. So you all got the answer correct. Thank you for submitting those uh, through the Twitter and through the uh, Kaiju Groupie Facebook group. And then we get to my favorite answer for this week. My favorite answer, uh, which comes to us from a loyal listener named Doman. Uh, Doman. Hey, Doman. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't, be, Damon. don't be Doman. Doman be messing with him. Doman be messing with him. Uh, That's terrible. Uh, I'm sorry, Damon. Um, Yeah, sorry. Damon Noyes, um, who sent in Crodan. After feeding on radioactive garbage, this plucky corvid causes destruction and hilarity as he raucously mocks Japanese citizens with his vocal mimicry. And I just love that answer. And I just, all I could think of was nevermore, nevermore. Nevermore. <laughs> As he's quote destroying the, the city. Nevermore. Yeah, quote, quote the Rodan. Nevermore. <laughs> um, yeah, so our main topic this week is Rodan from 1956. Um, uh, <laughs> Rodan. Why don't we just call it just call it Raiden. Radon. Raiden. Raiden. From 1956, uh, the cast and crew list include, uh, it was directed by Ichiro Honda, uh, Kenji Sahara, was, it stars Kenji Sahara, Yumi uh, Shirakawa, Akihiko Hirada, and Haru Nakajima as Rodan. Uh, and then the plot breakdown is, a large mining accident sets loose prehistoric insects and giant pterosaurs on Japan. So, AKA giant flying, giant flying dinosaurs. Giant flying dinosaurs that don't look anything like the dinosaurs that they're supposed to be. Yes. Uh, they even ter- hold a picture. They hold a picture up of what a, ter- a pteranodon or whatever <laughs> looks like. And they're like, oh, that's exactly what it is. It looks just like it. Like, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> what world are you living in? You, We saw it. They showed it. It does not look like that. <laughs> It looks more, maybe, maybe this, okay, so I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say this was just foreshadowing all the way back in 1956 for the uh, Godzilla Singular Point anime where Rodan actually does look like a pterosaur. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, so yeah, let's let's get into opening thoughts on this. Uh, I, I want to share my opening thoughts first and then sure. I'll let you share yours. 
contrary to what people might think, before I had this podcast, um, I wasn't watching monster movies on a regular basis. Um, I've always been a fan of monster movies, and but the monster movies I was watching pretty regularly were always the Godzilla films. Uh, mm. Outside of the Godzilla mm. films, I, I watched, like, I've watched Rodan, but, like, years ago. I'd watch them once, and that was it. Uh, I watched um, War of the Gargantuas years ago, and that was it, until we started doing this podcast. So mm. I had seen this movie when I was a kid, and mm. the only thing I remember about it was the monsters in it, right. Rodan, um, and, and the giant insects. Uh, watching it now as an adult, I am so surprised at how much yeah. I enjoyed the stuff that wasn't the monsters like the human element in this movie i was wrapped up in more than the monsters and i think that just speaks to because there was some talk on twitter this week about uh you know some maybe some uh pretty well-known nerdy people in the nerd culture said hey uh well monster movies shouldn't have human characters because we only care about the monsters um and this movie kind of speaks to no because the human element is what makes you know you have that balance between the two that's what makes these movies good and this one's a, one of those examples but just as a kid i wouldn't have i wouldn't have appreciated that because i only cared about the monsters as an adult watching these movies i can now appreciate more than just the monster f- scenes i can appreciate the depth that's in here and it's and it is surprisingly good yeah um so I'm with you. It was, it was, I have seen, I had seen Rodan before, uh, particular, like the, the American cut of Rodan used to come on AMC all the time, um, growing up as a child, but, and I did not know that it was within the Toho universe and I'm with you. Like, I don't remember appreci- appreciating this, uh, movie, as much as I do as a child, as I'm a, as I do now as an adult, because you're right. It, it like this movie has such a fantastic human story. It's got really, really good human characters. Well, it's just got really good characters. Let's just, we don't have to, we don't have to say human in front of them. We just, it's just got really good characters. Um, mm-hmm. but it really feels like to me that I'm watching two movies, like two separate movies in one. You're like, because it, 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 it kind of starts out as like a whodunit sort of murder mystery. And then about, I don't know, like three fourths of the way through evolves into a giant monster movie. Yeah, that's true. But I think that the two actually blended pretty well together. Like mm-hmm. I've seen some movies where the A plot and the B plot don't mesh well. And it seems like they're just two totally different movies that you're watching simultaneously. Mm-hmm. This one to me didn't feel like that. This one to me felt like this was a story that started small and just grew and grew and grew because it starts off. Oh, there's a mining. Act, there's a, there's a flood in the, in the mine. Oh, someone right. ends up dead. Oh, then three more people end up dead. Who killed them? Is it this one guy who's missing? Oh, we find out it's actually this prehistoric uh, creature that's attacked him. Oh, somebody else goes missing. Oh, he's found. Oh, there's a cave-in. Oh, now there's a giant bird that's attacking everything. Oh my goodness, now there's two giant birds. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think that that was very well done. I think the movie, the the way the script was written, and I can't remember, I, I, it's got to be... Um, it's got to be the one that's that's really famous. I always forget his name. 
the one they wrote the uh, all a bunch of the scripts for the toho kaiju films um but the way that the script is written it's so well balanced in how it develops the story yeah i i mean um, i can see your point there i i can see your point there about it building and building and building because you're right it does it, it starts very small very personal sort of like a uh i would describe it as more like body horror in a way mm-hmm. uh like how up close and personal you get with like the the with the attacks in the mine. And then uh, when we first are introduced to the Meganula, I think it's, is it the Meganula or Meganula? I think it's Meganula. Um, the giant uh, bugs that the prehistoric bugs right. uh, that are in this, then in this movie. And so it, it sort of starts out as like sort of this, this body horror uh, murder mystery. And then you're right. It does build and build and build. And it, but it, I will say at times though, it does feel like you are watching two separate films. Uh, because it go it goes from this very very in, this very personal up close and like this very up close and personal um, uh, science fiction horror movie to being full fledged like giant monster movie like pretty quickly. I, I see. I don't. I don't think I agree with that. I don't think that uh, to me anyway. I, I respect that. Yeah, it might. It, it probably felt that way to you, and that, that's no, perfectly no, 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 fine. Travis, you but have to agree with me. You have to agree with me. There's, there's, there's this. No, that's no, that's, we that's have how to this come podcast to works. <sighs> we have to come to a consensus. So we have to agree whether it's with me or with you. It's going to be with me. Um, no, <laughs> no. But I, I really, I, I respect. I, I respect that. You know, that that's how you're picking up on it. But I really did not feel that way. That is not the way I felt when watching this movie. Um, it did not feel like it was two separate movies. It felt like it was uh, one cohesive story that just was building from from a very small intimate thing and just kept growing and growing and growing in size and so i think that that um i i to me it felt like a cohesive story now i uh, that's not to say i don't have a few issues with the movie um it's not a perfect movie but as far as like just feeling i don't it it didn't feel like two separate movies to me like like it did for you um Mm -hmm. Let, let, we're doing our uh so let's get into our likes and dislikes uh we're going to do our our patented uh compliment sandwich positivity sandwich we're going to start with the positives then give some negatives then finish on some positives so what are some positives that you have in this uh in the, for this movie oh the tokusatsu tokusatsu it's not well the tokusatsu it's except for the when you first get a good look at the mega nulon um uh, that was kind of rough, but overall, like Nakajima's performance as Rodan, uh, was really great. I really like, I was, I, I really, 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 really liked the human story in this, um, mm-hmm. in this movie. I like the interpersonal drama. I love the murder mystery aspect of it. I just, I can really just appreciate what, uh, Ishiro Honda was doing with this movie and the fact that, um, this movie felt more, more, more like in the same vein as the original Gojira than what we would come to know from Toho as like in their giant monster genre. Like it, this felt like a very serious, uh, very seriously taken film. Like there was no, there was hardly any camp. Uh, at all in this movie. And I can really appreciate that they, that they put a lot of work into making this a very uh, unique and well-written story. Yeah. Um, I, 
I agree. I love the mystery. I do like the mega mega Nulon or whatever they're called, the bug creatures. I thought they looked great. I mean, you know, they're they're fifties suit, you know. Right. So I mean, they're going they're going to look a little cheesy, but but I still I did like them. I thought that the because the segmented bodies the because they had the segmented body, it moves. Uh, all the pieces move separately, so it actually felt more alive than right, yeah. you know just like just one solid uh piece of foam piece yeah. of rubber yeah so uh yeah that um one you mentioned the the human the the actors in it and the acting in it is great i i totally agree with that but there's one particular scene i want to highlight as far as the acting is concerned and that was sure. when kenji sahara's character has amnesia and mm-hmm. he's sitting there and he doesn't have the like Hollywood amnesia where it's like, oh, who am I? Who are you? He's just yeah. silent. He doesn't talk. He doesn't do anything. He's, he's just silent. And yes, and he looks like he's in shock. He his facial expressions, his facial work in that scene. And there's a scene, the the scene where his love interest comes in and and uh, comes up to him and starts talking to him, and he just stares at her with this blank look of, you know, and just mm-hmm. like you can tell he's in shock. It is such a powerful and heartbreaking moment, and I think that Kenji Sahara's acting in that, I think, because he's he's in a lot of giant monster movies, and we've talked about yes. uh, him in other movies that we've already talked about on the podcast. This, mm-hmm. I think, is my favorite movie that he's been in because this to me i think his acting was the best in this movie yeah i mean his performance was really the standout like and there was you know <clears throat> i really i i i agree with you that that was a very standout scene in this movie because it like like you said it wasn't like hollywood amnesia where it was like oh who are you where am i and they go through this journey of trying to make him remember but it was it was I, and this is, sounds kind of morbid, but it, I equate it to the time I got into a car accident and then I was in shock and I had a concussion and I, mm-hmm. I did just sit there. Like I had a car accident uh, when I was younger and I flipped my car and, um, and I flipped it end over end and I didn't roll it. So, you know, I, I was concussed when they came and got me. Um, I was in shock and I was concussed and they said, I didn't say anything for a while. Like I was just sort of, uh, and what I would say didn't quite make sense because I was so concussed. And so that it made, that scene made me feel like that. Like it was, it was so, it was very well written. It was very well played out because I think that is a more realistic depiction as to what shock and horror actually would look like if say something like this actually happened. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was just it just great acting. That's that's all I can say about that scene. It's just it was great acting. Um and that scene kind of leads into the egg hatching scene where he suddenly gets his memory back and he remembers what what happened to him and he relives that trauma. And that scene was just fantastic and and just really really great and his acting in that was fantastic. So uh yeah, I I just I think like I said, Kenji Sahara is one of the big names in Kaiju, uh, in the Kaiju circles, because he's been in a lot of, uh, Toho produced Kaiju films, mm-hmm. but this one I think is my favorite. I think this is my favorite performance of his. Um, yeah. now he's been in some movies. That I think the movies are better than this one, but his performance in this one, I think is superior to any of yeah, his other ones. Yeah. His performance was stellar. 
Like I can, I can totally agree with that. His performance in this film was stellar. In fact, uh, even the, <clears throat> even the, the, the girl that played Goro's sister, uh, Yumi, <laughs> Sh- y- uh, Yumi Shirakawa. I hope I'm saying her last name correct. Uh, her, her performance, the put the performance she put on was, was great too. Uh, she was, a very, oh, yeah. I feel like she, very strong female character uh, or just a very strong character in general in this movie. She helped move the story and sort of the, the B plot along, or it would it be a plot or B plot. Would that be a B plot? Um, that would have been B plot. Would have been B plot. Okay. So it, it, they, she really helped move B plot along at a, at a really well paced uh, in a really well paced way. Yeah. Yeah. The emotions of having your brother go missing in this mining accident and everyone be blaming him for the death mm-hmm. of all these uh, people, the, the weight of that. And you f- get the sense of the weight <clears throat> that, that, that um, those emotions put on her. Exactly. Uh, and that, so yeah, it's, she's great. I, I, like I said, I just, the, the performances in this movie are stellar. I can't, can't say it enough. Um, I do want to ask you a question, though. When we're getting into the giant monster stuff, mm-hmm. is this the first instance of the surprise second monster trope? Because if anybody's not aware, that is a trope that exists in a lot of giant monster movies where it's like, oh, we've defeated the giant monster. Oh, no, there's another one. Uh, and it kind of they kind of did that in this movie. And I was like, ah, oh, this is kind of like the first time they've done that, huh? <laughs> Yeah, and it's, I don't know if it was the first time they've done it ever, but it's the first time I believe they've done it in a in a uh, Japanese monster movie, I think. Right, uh, yeah. Because this this came only, this movie came uh, only, what, like t- uh, two years after, two years after Gojira uh, was released in mm-hmm. Japan. And so, you know, giant monster movies was still, I won't say they weren't new because there were giant monster movies that predate this. Um, but you know, it was fairly, it was a fairly new genre within even Japan. And so I think this may have been the first instance of, uh, Oh, there's a second one, you know, but if someone out there listening could point us to a direct point us in the direction of something that, or so, of a film that used that trope before Rodan, uh, please let us know. Cause I really would like to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I thought that was neat. Cause it's such a, it is a trope that is used. I mean, we just like a couple of years ago, we had uh, the Meg and the Meg did the same trope uh, mm-hmm. where it's like, Oh, we've defeated the Meg. Oh no, there's a bigger, the Meg. Um, so, you know, it's just like uh, that, that kind of trope. Uh, I just thought that was interesting that this might've been one of the first movies to do that. Um, yeah. Speaking of like how early this was in like the Japanese suit mation giant monster mm-hmm. Uh, genre this is only the third or fourth uh giant monster movie that ishiro honda had directed uh depending on how you look at it because he he was he helped direct um the uh godzilla raids again but he was uncredited so it depends on how you want to count that one but yeah so this is only like the third movie giant monster movie that he directed and yeah you still get all of the great things from Ishiro Honda, all the great, uh, the way that he directs his films, the way that he, the way that he transitions from scene to scene uh, is great. And there's a lot of uh, those like classic Ishiro Honda uh, transitions where he'll like zoom in on something and then zoom out on something else, like to transition yes. from scene to scene. Yes. The, uh, the egg scene in particular 
is what I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Like that, that slow zoom into the egg. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the scene where uh, Goro and his, it's the scene where Goro and his sister are in the hospital and, or I think they're in the hospital if I remember correctly. And there's a bird's now, nest. Goro, Goro is dead. Or yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah Kenji, uh, his name was, his <laughs> character's name was uh, Kawamura. Kamamura. Okay. So when, you know, when, when, uh, uh, when her and Kamamura are in the, um, hospital, uh, there's that scene where there's a, there's a bird cage with, and the birds are laying eggs and the eggs are getting ready to hatch. And that's where it all clicks with him. Uh, like, Oh yeah. Like I'm reliving this trauma all over again. And I feel like the way they set that up was really well done. And the actual, the the final, um, the actual reveal of the, the infant of the Rodan chick. Well, I thought that was really good too. And the matte painting looked great. Uh, it looked very, like it looked really realistic. Um, the Rodan baby puppet. I mean, it's, it looks like a puppet. looks like a little hand puppet, honestly. Uh, but it was really well, it was really well done and it, and it sets and it like, and it makes you, it makes the audience think like, Oh, these little Meganula are actually food for some, for a much larger predator. Uh, so it right. kind of, it makes the audience like, Oh, there's like a real, there's a, there's a, there's a much bigger predator in the food chain and you're like, Oh wow. So now we kind of get an idea of where this film's going to go from here. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that scene when, when uh, he's reliving the experience in the cavern with the egg. And I really love the sound effects and the music used for this, uh, uh, for this film. It's, it wasn't your, it, it, it was some of what we would kind of get to know Rodan. It was some of the same themes that we would use that would be used for Rodan and few in later movies. Uh, and the roar was mostly the same, except for it's just some different sound effects that I really wish that would have, that would have carried over to 1964. Uh, yeah, 19, yeah, 1964 Ghidorah, the three headed monster was the, was the next, uh, film where, where uh, Rodan would show up. So, um, I just thought that scene was really well done. I just really enjoyed it. I think it was a good, it was a good moment within this movie, uh, <clears throat> to start setting up the, to help further, help further the story. And then, yeah, you're right about the, the late, the, I think there's a scene that comes after that where they're all looking at pictures of, of what Rodan looks like. And it's a parasaur painting from probably a, a, a science book or a, from a dinosaur book or, or, a, right. or a paleontology book, whatever. Um, and that's nothing, that looks nothing about what the actual Rodan looks like, which I mean, right. yeah, it's, nit, it's nitpicky, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is a nitpick. I was doing that just for fun. It's not, I I do not hold that against the movie, but it is just kind of funny of like, if you wanted it to be like just a giant version of this dinosaur, uh, then why didn't you make it look more like the dinosaur? And if you didn't make it look more like the dinosaur, why didn't you just say it was something else? <laughs> Why'd you have to go with that? So it's just like, it is such a weird thing, but I don't, I don't hold it against it. It's 1950s mumbo jumbo sciencey stuff. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk about a few negatives. And I don't think we have a lot of negatives to probably uh, talk about in this movie for this movie, but um, we might have a couple. Are there any negatives that you want to, you want to highlight? 
No, other than like there are moments in the film, there are moments in the movie that I feel like could have been paced a little bit better. This there, this movie yeah. is what? Uh, this movie is what an hour and like almost an hour and 20. almost two hours long. No, no, it's How? only like an hour and twenty something minutes. Um, okay, only an hour and twenty something minutes. So there's probably some areas where they could have trimmed some fat. Um, but overall, yeah. I don't really have. I don't have any real complaints about it, honestly. I mean, it's it's what you would expect from an early Toho Tokusatsu giant monster film, you know. It's um and it's part and and I may be a little bit jaded for the fact that I've I really 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 appreciate this movie. And so I it's really hard for me to find any real significant negatives to talk about other than maybe yeah, the Meganula uh, were a little bit underwhelming as far as like their actual suitmation form, but I get it. There was limitations in the technology at the time, but, it, and it looked realistic enough. Um, but other than, other than that, you know, I don't really have a whole lot to, to pick on this film over. Yeah. I have a few nitpicks, but that's really all they are is just nitpicks. Um, I'm with you. I think that there are certain moments where the movie drags, um, especially after Rodan actually shows up and they start going into the typical 1950s trope of everybody in a boardroom talk about this thing um, yeah. that, you know, it starts to drag a little bit in those those moments. I don't think they could have cut. I, I think they should have maybe paced those scenes a little bit better but i don't think they should have trimmed the fat out of this because like i said this movie's only an hour and 20 minutes this movie is pretty brisk but it does it, there are a few moments where it where it kind of drags uh so that's that's a few nitpicks there um yeah the only other nitpick i have is the flying effects for rodan and that's something that we deal with in giant monster movies, even today with Suitmation. Doing flying kaiju is so mm. hard. It is. It's so difficult to make them look realistic. And so that this definitely when when Rodan, when either of the Rodans is in the air, they do not look great. But when they're on the ground, when you have one on the ground and it's and it's um, Nakajima in the suit. Mm. It looks right. fantastic. I think what saves this though, honestly, is the fact that sort of this sort of Rodan is, is set up in, is set up to sort of resist because he can fly at supersonic speeds. Right. So he's sort of, he, right. he's, he, he doesn't flap his wings. He, or at least he doesn't try to flap his wings a whole lot and kind of, he just kind of sails uh, and glides more or less. Uh, and I think it's a little bit more forgivable in this movie than say with, you know, Mothra in 61, uh, where she did look very, very stiff in that because, you know, she was constantly trying to flap her wings. And I think that the way they did it with, Ro I think the way they pulled it off with Rodan was pretty well done. I mean, again, it's really difficult to do flying Kaiju in some of these earlier films before, before the technology of CGI, uh, because it's just so difficult to make them look believable because they're because they are just big puppets they're you know they are stiff yeah so so that that was my nitpick uh, again it, that is just a nitpick and like i said once once you get the scenes of of ronan on the ground and it's and it's guy in suit uh it looks great so it's just to me in the air it doesn't look great it doesn't look good um but that's to be expected 
Um, right. finishing off with a, a few more positives. I, I wanted to I wanted to finish off with the positive of uh or one of the positives that I have, which is the destruction scenes. Mm-hmm. The the destruction in this movie when Rodan creates, you know, it his the winds that destroy the city and everything is some of the best I've seen in uh, any kaiju film, even some of the like Heisei and Millennium ones, right. because there there is such fantastic model work and there's so mm-hmm. much detail in those models. And when they blow apart, they look like real buildings and there's even shots with people inside them i don't know how they you know pulled it off i don't know the technical stuff of but you can see people moving around inside some of those buildings right before they collapse and stuff and there are scenes where buildings are entirely engulfed in flames Mm -hmm. and it just looks fantastic and one of the standout scenes to me which if i was on monsters versus men and we got to the point of like what's a standout effect or standout scene Right. The the standard effect for me would have been when Rodan first takes off and he blows the military jeep away because you see and you know in your head it's a miniature but the jeep rolls and then crushes up against a rock as if it was a real truck. Right. And I was like I don't know how they did that with a miniature. I really have no idea how they were able to pull off the the actual crumple zones of this truck against a rock and make it look realistic in a miniature form but man it looks so great so so the destruction scenes again were a really big highlight in this movie yeah absolutely and you know we can't go without we cannot watch this movie and talk about this movie without talking about the ending um when because you know in this movie there are two rodans it is revealed later on in the movie about, I don't know, like maybe an hour or so in, it's revealed that there's Rodan and then there's Rodan has a mate. Um, mm-hmm. And at the end of the film, the the way they defeat the Rodan, they blow up, they activate a volcano, basically. Uh, and right. the Rodans fall in, they like the gas and uh, the gas and the fumes coming up from the volcano basically just kind of kills the Rodan and then uh, the male Rodan cannot leave its mate. And so he ends up sacrificing himself for, or she ends up, I don't, I don't think it's ever said, which if it's the male or the female um, ends up sacrificing themselves because apparently Rodan's mate for life, I guess is how is what the, is what the underlying story is there. Uh, but that moment, most kaiju mate for life, because it seems like every time we're watching something with a kaiju, it's like, Oh, they mate for life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, we just watched um, we just watched uh, Ultraman, the Ultimate Hero, or Ultraman Powered, and Red Kings. We learned mate for life, and that's ac- and actually, yeah, we learned that in the Ultraman Z series as well. Apparently, Red Kings do mate for life. So um, th- that scene was 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 actually super emotional because you because the the music and just the overall feeling of oh, his mate is dying, so. He's going to sacrifice himself because Rodan's going to sacrifice himself or herself because they can't live without their mate, basically. And that's right. it's a really, really emotional thing. And it, and it kind of um, and that's sort of a theme with these Ashiro Honda movies and really just Japanese monster movies in general, because these because these monster movies, 
unlike in America, are seen as more tragic, as more tragic characters, as more as as things that don't necessarily belong in the world that they're placed in. Uh, so it's just a great tragedy most of the time when they die, uh, as opposed to a um, in an American monster movie, it's always set up as uh, like a victorious moment when the monster is defeated. Right, that was yeah. like, yeah, that's like one of my number one nitpicks of, of Godzilla 1998 is because when Godzilla is finally killed on the bridge, everyone starts to cheer and celebrate like we got him, we got him. Uh, and I just don't, yeah. I think, I think that's a very, I think that I always thought that that was extremely disrespectful to the genre and to the franchise, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that. And and you're absolutely right that there's there's more emotion involved in these Japanese giant monster films than what you might get in like an American monster film from the same era. Um these I I I called it the Honda message because it just feels like it's something that Honda does a little bit more than even some of the other uh directors of these uh, Japanese kaiju films of yes. is is the is the sacrifice that we have to make worth destroying the monsters is it's kind of like the message that Honda developed in Gojira. It's the message that he kind of develops here at the end of this movie. It's like, yes, the monsters are dangerous. Yes. The monsters need to be stopped because we need to, it's, it's risking the lives of a lot of people that we have to stop them. But is the collateral damage in stopping them worth it? And, and the emotions of these tragic monsters who are not necessarily evil. They're just animals. They're just creatures and they're having to be killed. And so there is that somberness to it. Um, I think is great. And I think that, that, that um, collateral damage is it worth destroying the monsters comes across when they, when they come up with a plan of having to bomb the mountain and, and they say it's going to activate the volcano and they're like, but there's people who live around the volcano. And he's like, well, we're going to evacuate the area. And he's like, but no, but there's more than just like human lives. There's also fields and houses and things like that. Like you're, you're not just destroying a mountain you're destroying like the livelihood of everyone who lives around it and they're like right. if there was any other way we would do it this is the only way and so you right. get that kind of emotional moment in that scene where mm -hmm. it's like even that the guy who is making that argument is like yeah it, it, we have to do it and it, it, it reminded me a lot of um of uh dr sarazawa in gojira when it's like uh yeah, the oxygen destroyer is something way more deadly than even nuclear weapons. I don't want to use it, but there's no other choice. Right. We, we and, yeah, and it, you're right. Yeah. So I felt I felt that same kind of message coming through in this movie that was in that scene with Dr. Mm -hmm. Sarazawa. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I felt that too. It's you know, this is for an for the for one of the earliest like Japanese monster movies from one of the earliest kaiju, what we would consider kaiju films. Um, honestly, this is such a well done movie. Like one of the standout scenes that I remember, or one of the standout effects that I remember, uh, I know the car, the, the truck scene, it made an impression on you, but it's the, the dog fight between, uh, Rodan and the fighter jets in this movie. Mm -hmm. And there's one, there's one, there's one moment in particular where Rodan flies over a bridge 
and the bridge collapses. And I thought that I like the miniature work was done so, so well. Like this movie, this movie for this movie is excellent. Don't be turned off by the fact that it was made in the fifties because, and don't really, and and don't go into this thinking, Oh, it's just going to be your average fifties monster B your B monster movie. No, it's really not. It's, it's got a lot more depth and a lot more heart than what you even expected to have. Uh, and it's got a lot more, what's the word I'm looking for? Gravitas is the right, is that the right word to use? Uh, uh, it's got a lot more gravity to it. Um, my one, my one gripe, and it's not really even a, it's really not even a gripe with this movie. It's just a gripe with how the Rodan character was handled through the rest of the franchise. I really wish they would have tried to repair this suit and reuse it because this is a much, this is a much better, uh, Showa Rodan than what we got in Ghidorah, the three at a monster with sort of the goofier looking, Rodan character, but you know, that's sort of a nitpick. I mean, I'm fine with the Rodan that we got, uh, later on in the franchise, but this is my favorite Rodan design from the Showa era. Yeah, I can see that. I can totally see that. Um, so yeah, so I think that's going to be it for the, our discussion. So we can get into our Godzuki scores and our whoa, final whoa, thoughts. Whoa, whoa. You got to sing the Godzuki score. Remember we sing the okay. Godzuki score. Okay, so uh, for anybody who's not aware, we uh, like to score our movies out of five Godzookies, which is uh, Godzilla's bumbling uh, nephew from the Hanna-Barbera cartoon from the 1970s. Uh, And we do this because we like to embrace the sillier side of giant monster movies uh, when appropriate. And so, Michael, out of five Godzookies, there you got two of them. Uh, <laughs> how uh, how many Godzookies would you give Rodan, and what are your final thoughts on it? Um, okay, so my my final thoughts are: go watch this movie. It's 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 a great it's it's it, it's one of the great kaiju tokusatsu films that you're gonna watch. Uh, again, like I said earlier, don't be turned off by the fact that it was made in the fifties. Uh, just it, Ishiro Honda. And I, and I know this is going to like, like you're just, you're just a Shiro Honda stand. Like, well, kinda, because I thought Yashiro Honda was a genius. Uh, and he brought us so many great moments in the franchise. Uh, the destruction scene with, um, when, um, when Rodan finally makes landfall and is destroying the city, it's beautifully shot. It's well choreographed, I thought. Um, mm-hmm. And this movie is just a testament to how much I think Ishiro Honda grew as a director from his time working on Gojira, and then what he and then what he helped on Godzilla Raids again. And then you can you can feel like this movie is really hitting its this is this is the moment where I think Ishiro Honda was really hitting his stride with the giant with the giant monster genre honestly um I would honestly put Rodan on par with the original Gojira uh if you want me to be quite honest I think it is a must watch for any guide any any kaiju fan any fan of if you're a fan of the Godzilla franchise uh, this is a, the, this is a must watch. It's it's like, um, what do they call it? Recommended reading. Like it's a pre, you have to watch this movie at some point in your fandom to, you know, gain an appreciation for the franchise and gain an appreciation for the genre, because there are just so many great moments in this movie. And just, 
it's just a good film. It's just a well, it's well written. It's well acted. It's well choreographed. Um, and honestly, for my Godzuki score, I'm going to have to give it a five out of five because honestly, this is, this is the upper echelon in my opinion of Kaiju and Tokusatsu films. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally, I can totally see that. I think you're right with, um, Honda hitting his stride with this movie. Um, I feel like, you know, uh, one thing that, that Honda always did with his, with his kaiju movies, and, and I, I specifically say his kaiju movies because I, I'm not as familiar with his non-kaiju work. Um, so I, I only have his kaiju movies to kind of judge on. But just what he does with his kaiju films is he always brings in a message. He always has a reason for doing them um, and, and a reason to tell the story. And and this is no... no um, this is no exception to that. There is, there is a message here. There is a reason this movie exists beyond just being silly, dumb giant monster. And I'm, I totally am on board with that. Um, yeah. Like I said, when I first started, uh, when we first started talking about this, uh, that when I was a kid, I would have, I enjoyed this movie mainly for the monsters, but now as an adult, I am so totally invested in the human element, the depth of character, the well-crafted story, the mystery of it all, just the the themes, the the tone, everything that's in this is so brilliant and works so well. Um, Rodan is is one of those movies that's celebrated by most kaiju fa- fans. Um, like most people, if you ask if they're a longtime Kaiju fan, they will say Rodan's one of the best. And there's a reason for that. And I think it, it holds that position. Uh, it, it earned that position. It, it definitely, it holds that position for a reason. Uh, and so it should definitely be at the top of every monster fans watch list. If you haven't watched Rodan, watch it. It's on HBO max. Uh, it's in the Criterion Collection. Uh, it's available to watch, and it is absolutely a fantastic film. I am going to give it a 4.5, but that is not to say that this is not one of the best kaiju films out there. Uh, this is this is a, a great representation of what could be called the golden age of kaiju films. Uh, this is a great example of that. Um, the only reason I knock it down just a little bit is because there were a few things, a few little nitpicks I had in it, but for the most part, they weren't too bad. I absolutely think, I think you're right. I think this movie is on par with Gojira and I didn't think anything could be on par with Gojira. You know, Gojira is put up on a pedestal by Kaiju fans, but this movie is so fantastic. So definitely go and watch it if you haven't seen it. Yes. And there are, uh, there are other ways aside from Criterion and HP. If you don't have a Criterion collection subscription or an HBO max subscription, there are other ways, uh, to find this movie, to watch it. Just Google, um, something like watch Rodan 1956 online and it'll give you some options. Don't worry. I don't want to, I don't want to link them in the notes because I don't want to, uh, I don't want to get a copyright strike. I don't know if we would, but you know, just to keep things above board. Uh, I know, right. I know people kind of frown on um, certain websites that shall remain nameless where they can go watch these movies for free. 
but if you don't have the means to pay for to watch this movie, there are options out there that you can watch it. And it is, and they do have both the Japanese and the American cuts of this movie. Um, all right. So now we're going to close the book on Rodan, uh, and we're going to move on to our next segment, which is the mailbag. The mailbag. What's in the mail today? And if anyone wants to send us a letter or message uh, to our mailbag, you can do that kaijuweekly at gmail.com or you can tweet us at kaijuweekly on Twitter. Uh, this uh, week we have our letter from Christian or as he's also known, Chris Deggle. Uh, who's a listener of ours who uh, also is uh, starting his own podcast, uh, which we found out, which oh, is a nice. German-based podcast. Um, okay. Uh, so that's going to be, uh, I'm not going to be able to understand anything he says on it, but it's it sounds interesting. And I'm glad if that I he's- speak German, If I could speak German, I would volunteer my time to come on, Chris, but I don't speak German. So yeah, yeah. but I will, and, but I will uh, make sure to promote it when it comes out. Oh, absolutely. And and I'm I'm glad that he's reaching people that may not ha- get the kind of uh, nerdy content that us English speaking people and some of the other um, larger well, you know, groups, you know, get. people in the people in the US. I think it's a little bit more. I think if I if I'm not mistaken, it is a little bit more difficult to get these films uh, in the UK, if I'm not mistaken. So it, it's nice. Honestly, it's nice to have a podcast out there for someone in the UK or in Europe. I, I, I think that's a fantastic idea. Congratulations, uh, Chris, on your, on your uh, new adventure as a podcast. I, I hope that you enjoy, I hope you enjoy the ride as much as we have. Yeah. And he sent in a letter um, talking to us. Uh, he wanted to ask us a question. So uh, here's his letter. It says, hi, Travis and Michael. Uh, first, I'd like to say thank you for doing your awesome weekly show and also the Kaiju Ramen magazine. Truly a great service for our community. I have a question that is poking in my mind for some time. We all love the mechanical doppelganger Kaiju and or revived cyborg Kaiju trope. Okay. Uh, Mechanicong, all the Mecha Godzillas, Mecha King Ghidorah, and the Cyborg Godzilla from the animated Godzilla series all come to mind. Right. Which kaiju or monster do you think should get the me- the Mecha or Cyborg treatment sometime in the future, and which one should never be mechanized? And then he says again, honestly, "Thank you and keep up the great work." Honestly, I'm sitting here thinking I think an, a mechanized Anguirus. Uh, or Anguirus would look pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, even if you did like a, even if you did like a, a, a cyborg Anguirus, I think that would look pretty sweet. Like here, like here's the setup. Like they do a movie, like Toho does a movie. Uh, Anguirus is involved because they've not uh, done anything with him in, in several, in several years. And a, a, he gets the crap beat out of him basically. And he's badly hurt. So they soup him. They, uh, they bring him back to life. Sort of, they give him sort of the, not maybe the, the full on mech treatment like Mecha Godzilla, but maybe 
uh, sort of like the mecha, they go the mecha King Ghidorah route where it's a, where it's a cyborg. It's like a combination of both natural and cyber and, and, uh, mechanical elements. I think that would look pretty, pretty cool. I think you could, uh, one, one thing that would come to mind is like, you could turn, uh, Anguirus's carapace, the the shell on his back, into like a, a missile launching point. So all those little spikes on his back are all individual <laughs> missiles that he can launch yeah. at any given moment. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Um, talking about Rodan on this episode, um, the, I think a mechanized Rodan would be really cool. Um, mm-hmm. Like have uh, have his wings be you know more. Uh, razor sharp metal you know like fins and and everything that would be kind of cool just a, a yeah. flying a flying mechanized monster is always kind of cool um literally a flying and, battleship yeah yeah <laughs> essentially yeah um a <laughs> one that should never be mechanized uh, I think, and and I, I hate to say this because I think it would be an interesting. I think that you could do it in an interesting way, but it just feels wrong to do it. Is a mecha Mothra? I just don't think a yeah. mechanical Mothra would be done well, even if it is like the villain of the story. I just don't think that I don't think you could do a decent mechanized Mothra. Yeah, I think there wasn't the. Um... Wasn't there supposed to be a mechanomoth or a mechamoth or what is it? Uh, what, what was it called? Um, oh, it was the sequel to. Oh shoot! Like someone out there will like my mind is drawing a blank. But there was supposed or there was supposed to be. Oh, it was for. Um, uh, was it Gigamoth? Maybe or was that was that supposed to be a mechanical Mothra sort of thing or? So, so the the story that I've heard and and I've read uh, is that there was supposed to be a Heisei version of Mechanicong, that there was going mm-hmm. to be a a, a Kong, and right. that the radiation leakage from Mechanicong was going to mutate a moth, one of the Moth, uh, Mothra larvae into an evil mm-hmm. Mothra. So, so mm-hmm. it was supposed to be a an evil version okay. of Mothra to be mutated. Gotcha. It was gotcha. mechanized itself. Um, so yeah, but yeah, I, I, I mean, there is a, basically like a metal Mothra in, uh, one of the Mothra movies, one of the part of the Mothra Mothra. trilogy. Yeah. Armor Mothra. Um, but I just, I don't know. I think that the, the, the theme, the themes and the, the ideas behind Mothra being very magical, mystical kind of like, uh, in tune with nature and everything. Yeah, uh, I don't know if a mechanical one would really work. But then again, I mean, the the dichotomy of having this kind of, you know, in tune with nature deity uh, type kaiju against a mechanical um, fabrication of it. I mean, that's that's a theme. That's a theme mm-hmm. that you could go with. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking forward to the movie that brings in a mechanic condor. <laughs> 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 okay so let me uh let me let me just say this because i never gave my um my kaiju that should never be made into a mech the world does not need a mecha minya i'm just saying this right now or mecha Manila. <laughs> the world does not need a greased up 
moist Mecca Manila. That is something that this world never, ever, ever, ever needs. So if I had to pick one, probably don't ever do a Mecca Minya. I don't think they would ever consider doing that anyway. If I had to pick another one, and because I'm just that kind of person, don't don't ever do a Mecca Baragon because it just wouldn't feel right. I don't know. Mecha, Mecha Baragon might, but uh, 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 Biolante is another one. I don't think it needs a Mecha version of because, again, no, that's the too biological, of- too. Yeah, yeah. That one, the Smog Monster, these ones that just don't make sense to yeah. to do me- a Mecha version of, but yeah. Uh, Mecha Condor or, uh, confirmed for the Monsterverse. You could do, and just, just, ima- just picture this abomination in your head, Travis. A Mecha Minya that is powered by the sludge from Hedera. <laughs> I, if there's ever a Mecha Minya, I want it to actually talk. Like I want it to actually speak, not not in a child's imagination the way it was in the in in, in Godzilla's Revenge, but like it actually <laughs> speaks. Like it opens its mouth and it's just da da. Da, da. I want it to sound like a Furby. I want it to sound like a Furby. Godzilla says, pass me that oil can. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, it's like, man. Uh, it's like the wizard. It's like the wizard of Oz. Uh, the tin man yeah. from wizard of Oz. So goofy. So ridiculous. <laughs> if I only had a brain. Wait, no, that's, yeah, if I only had a bro. That, yeah. the, that's the scary The heart. Uh, the heart was the, the tin heart. man. That's right. That's right. If I only had a heart. Godzilla says you got no heart. <laughs> oh, man. So, Chris, uh, Christian, whatever, however you want to uh, call yourself. Um, uh, hopefully, we answered your question. And we thank you so much for sending in uh, your letter to the mailbag and i want to remind everyone that our mailbag is getting empty and uh when our mailbag gets empty it gets angry and you wouldn't like our mailbag when it gets angry so please 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 send us in your letters and your tweets kaijuweekly at gmail.com or at kaijuweekly on uh twitter please do that yes and uh, yeah, so so to um, to finish up this episode, I'm going to ask the trivia question that's hinting to next week's episode. So uh, this is our first week of February, and February is Fearsome Flyers Month. So we're doing all flying kaiju. That's why we did Rodan this week. So keeping that in mind, uh, the trivia question is, what 2010 Canadian horror film was directed by the comic book creator who developed the manga verse Spider-Man for Marvel. Ooh, okay. Like I don't, I don't remember what's next on the schedule, so I'm struggling to to remember what this is. <laughs> well, it's a it's a modern one from 2010. So, and I've never okay. seen this movie. This was this I will say this was actually um, suggested to us back when we were uh, early on in the podcast by one of our Patreon supporters, Shijir. Uh, who who told me about this movie? I had never heard of it, and it's uh, it fits into the the into the flying themed flying monster kind of theme. Uh, so I wanted to cover it for Fearsome Flyers Month. Okay, sounds fun. Yeah. 
So you can send your answers in to us. Uh, we'll post that on all of our social medias. So you can keep an eye out for that and give us any answer you want at all. And we will give you a shout out on next week's episode. Uh, and so to close out this episode, I want to say thank you to everyone for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Kaiju Weekly and at Kaiju Groupie Pod. All the links to our social media, as well as for the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group, are listed in the description of this episode. You can send questions, comments, or answers to the trivia questions to our email, kaijuweekly at gmail.com. We also want to say a big thank you to everyone who has supported Kaiju Ramen Magazine so far. If you want to find out more about it, check out the website, kaijuramenmagazine.com. Also, we are relaunching our, our uh, Patreon and we're going to be putting special stuff. We've got, we've got our spinoff podcast about clickbait articles. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Come listen to that. Uh, we're also going to be doing updates on the magazine and special little things to do with the magazine on our Patreon. So if you want to you want to stay up to date and you want to get special little stuff uh, from us, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash kaijuweeklypod. All right. All that sounds fantastic, Travis. And if the dear audio listener, there is one more thing you can do to help out this show. And that is by going over to Apple podcasts and leaving us a five star review. Um, in the comments, just tell us how much you love us. Tell how much, tell us how much we have impacted and influenced your life. Tell us like, you don't, I, I know I've said before that tell us that you named your kid after us, but even if you've named your pet, after us, uh, that'll work too. So, and, and just leave us a glowing comment. leave us a glowing comment in, uh, that review for the show. And I promise if you do, we will read that feedback on a future episode. And what that's going to do is that's going to put this show in front of other Kaiju and Tokusatsu fans, just like you. And eventually, uh, when things clear up with the old COVID, uh, hopefully we'll go and see the goo for you guys. Yay! Must see Zagoo. Zagoo. <laughs> Must be seen. Zagoo. 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 I don't know why. Okay. All right. Don't even know where I'm going there. Okay. <laughs> I promise people I have not been drinking at all. I promise. At least not in the last hour. <laughs> so uh yeah to help con uh let's we're gonna finish off this episode by saying help control the giant monster population have your mechanized manilas spayed or neutered and greased up so that their gears don't get really squeaky oh damn that was harsh <laughs> <laughs> bye everybody <laughs>